imagine like so imagine you're in a position where you have an agreement with somebody and this somebody if they break that agreement with you they have to pay you 10 million dollars and on the other hand there's this group of people that have no power whatsoever threatening to take their music off your network now music that isn't super popular for the most part people like Neil Young a couple good songs but maybe what a couple like a thousand plays a month roughly on, on certain songs uh. And these people are like, well, if this network doesn't get rid of you, then we're going to take our music off. But a, a reminder, the network would pay you $10 million if you leave. On top of that, on top of all of that, you are the reason that this network has most of the traffic it has. You are why this network didn't go under and get bought out. This network's entire existence almost depends exclusively on you. So powerless, washed-up has-beens throwing a fit about you. People who will still use the app while virtue signaling online complain about you but they'll still use the app they'll just go online and complain about you and say oh well, I'm done using it but then they'll keep using it don't worry why would you apologize when you clearly have the power you have all the power you can say I'm gonna keep doing what I want to do it's my show you can't stop me and if you break your contract with me I'll take my 10 million dollars and my happy ass will build my own network my happy ass will invest in something that'll come back and crush you because I am the person who brings the crowd I am the reason you're doing numbers I I being the full center of your platform's existence and it's a sudden boom in uses and users in numbers we haven't seen on this app in almost 10 years folks i am talking of course about joe rogan spotify and a bunch of wash up fucking has-beens are we really at this point where joe rogan's going to keep fucking apologizing hey man i i know i had these people on my show and like you didn't like it and i'm sorry all right man but it's important to, you know, reach across the aisle and, and talk to one another. It, I get it, man. But why are you constantly fucking apologizing? What happened th just last fucking week with Joe Rogan? We're going to add, like, a little disclaimer thing under my video. And it's going to, like, be a little disinfo warning, you know, man. But it don't matter. It's fine. Q last, what, last night? 
Joe Rogan deleted 71 fucking episodes of the Joe Rogan experience. By the way, by the way, I want to remind you guys of something that happened with Joe Rogan when he first moved from YouTube to Spotify exclusively. Yes, he uploads clips, whatever. But if you look at the Joe Rogan clip channel, the last video on there is like four years old. That's because they were purging everything. And now anything that's left is on the main JRE channel on YouTube. That's where they upload clips. But when Joe Rogan went to Spotify exclusive for the full long form discussion episodes, many, many episodes were missing from his catalog. Interviews with such people as Gavin McGinnis. Who is Gavin McGinnis? Now, Gavin McGinnis is a journalist who was imperative to many of the mechanisms and movements we saw in the culture war during Donald Trump's initial 2016 campaign and up until maybe halfway, right before the re-election season kicked off. Then everything fell apart for Gavin McGinnis. Now, a lot of it was of his own design, but to his credit, he went down guns blazing, fucking swinging, and he's still out there on the grind. Now, he has Get Off My Lawn podcast. I get it. It's not what he used to do, but it is something. Gavin burned every bridge he came across, and I mean every fucking bridge. And a little bit, a little extra background, Gavin McGinnis. Proud Boys. Started off as a drinking club between Miley Yiannopoulos and Gavin McGinnis. Gavin McGinnis is a straight, pseudo-Christian, uh, well, I guess he is Christian now. He had one hell of a party life, though. Anyway, straight dude, Miley Yiannopoulos is a gay Trump-supporting uh, conservative from England who is very wealthy from a very, very famous fucking Labour Party deep family. And at the time, the Proud Boys originally did not refer to any, like, America First group. It was a joke on the Pride movement. A bunch of pro- like, a bunch of conservatives would get together and drink and call themselves out and proud. They were Proud Boys. And it was all just a big play on the Pride movement, which was getting larger and larger back then, at that time period. And it has snowballed with Milanopolis leaving it, because Milanopolis also got nuked. By the way, speaking of Milo, another episode missing from the Joe Rogan podcast, because in the magical years between 2014 and 2017, Joe Rogan interviewed all these so-called far-right figures. And Joe Rogan said, I'm moving to Spotify because I won't be censored. All these episodes were the ones he deleted when he first moved. All of them. Now, Milo... Milo now is a different story. Milo now is a little bit weird. He's going through, like, what's it? Uh, tr- uh, he, he's, uh, he's trying to become straight again. Uh, he, he, he wants to be straight. He's got some... 
This show's weird. The mullet's weird. I don't fuck with current Milo. Used to really, really love Milo back in the day. And it could just me being an asshole because, yeah. Uh, I believe he's made this argument before that, well, the only reason why conservatives don't like me anymore is because I'm not their little gay token. And I'm like, sweetheart, you are, you are gay. You are gay. And you know what? Maybe there is some truth to that, right? Because at the time when these people who were just boring, plain, white toast Republicans in 2014, 15, all that time period, and Trump was like their introduction to like the wild side of populism, these normal conservatives are just like, why am I being called X, Y, and Z? I am not X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, oh, I'm not homophobic. Oh, look. Look, I like Milo. He's a gay conservative. That exists. That that like, look, I'm not. I I watch Milo. Milo's a gay conservative. Do you know who Milo is? I'm not homophobic. Do you even know who Milianopolis is? And to be fair, there was a lot of people who only hated him because he was a gay conservative too. There's many people who only loved him for it, and people who, woo, scared me, who only hated him for it. And now, I, I don't know many people I, I knew who watched him and enjoyed his content then who still enjoy his content now, but he's still worth checking out. Again, culture to the culture war, he is like a... Uh, a lot of these guys, if I had to make a comparison, when you look at these guys from the earliest days of the culture war, Gavin McGinnis, Alex Jones, Miley Annapolis, all these guys... A lot of them are like uh, former Rebel News employees, old grounding members of Breitbart, old gateway pundit guys. A lot of these people in the culture war are like generals, right? They, they, they had seen and fought many wars before the great culture war came, and they served in its earliest years. But they tapped out, either from age or bad position. These generals in the war tapped out. And now, they're just these old guys at the bar. They reek. They wear their pins and medals on them. The pins and medals aren't polished. They don't shine anymore. They don't glisten in the light. The mouth beneath their noses are just smiles, but the eyes above their noses are just dead, sunken sockets. Husks. Desperate for any crumb of fame or spotlight they can get. Because when the moment the mob came for them, they didn't fight back. They surrendered, waved the white flag, and abandoned the gra- and abandoned the battlefields. The battlefields being Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, even 4chan. These were the battlegrounds. These were the culture battlegrounds. These were the Pearl Harbors. These were the D-Day locations for the culture war in its earliest days. And the greatest fighters we had fled. Not unlike a certain orange man on January 6th, to be fair, to be fair, he did leave a lot of people abandoned to rotten solitary confinement when... And I know, he did not call them to do what happened. I know. I know, but I do not appreciate him joking around with them. <laughs> Maybe I'll issue a pardon. Maybe you'll suck this dick, Donnie. But moving on. Joe Rogan is now one of the great last generals in this culture war, leading a good charge. But he's old. He's getting soft, buddy. General's not looking so good. 
general has all these tanks behind him. All this shit. He could just plow it down. He could even call back the generals from the bar. Have them on the battlefield too. Just to rub salt in the wound. And lead a charge against this woke mob. But he's starting to apologize. It started with episodes deleted when he first moved to YouTube. Moved to Spotify exclusively. And then pushed back here and there. People leaving. People threatening to quit. People leaving. Dave Chappelle, numerous friends of his, getting canceled and attacked around him. He saw this happening. He saw Dave Chappelle get canceled. He saw Dave Chappelle get chased out of clubs. He saw Dave Chappelle painted and mocked by the media, attacked and lambasted by black activist groups. And Joe Rogan was not hardened by what he saw. No. No, he was shaken by it, scared by it. Joe Rogan pissed his fucking pants at the Battle of Waterloo, boys. Joe Rogan is Davy Crockett, and he's looking at the Indians coming to the Alamo, and he's getting ready to put his boots on and fucking run with his dick between his fucking legs. Don't squeeze too hard, boy. I know that thighs are capable of. I've seen your kickboxing videos. Don't rip it off. If you can even get it a good enough grip on that little thing to rip it off. I'm greatly disappointed by this. Because it didn't just stop at the little disinformation thing. It didn't stop at the episodes that weren't brought over. It didn't stop. It progressed. It escalated. Now, 71 episodes were deleted, and we are finding out it was not deleted by Joe Rogan. It was, or sorry, we're finding out it was not deleted by Spotify. It was deleted by Joe Rogan. These are manual deletions. Spotify Legal came out and made a fucking statement on this. Spotify has made a statement saying we do not agree with a lot of the language Joe Rogan has used because a lot of this revolves around the sudden like, oh, he said, he said nig word. I told you I'm going to start using that a lot more often, nig word. It's a good substitute. It sounds horrible, but it's what? What, you mad, bro? I thought we were nig words. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to stop because I just heard somebody in the audience say stop through my omnipresent self. The fact that Joe Rogan is constantly issuing apology videos and backing off more and more and allowing Spotify to put disinformation labels, warnings, health guidelines, like YouTube videos that link to Wikipedia when it comes to COVID. Yeah, Wikipedia. That's where I trust my COVID information from YouTube. Fucking Wikipedia that says what the CDC says. Uh-huh, uh-huh. By the way, that's funny too. You know how they uh, cite the CDC now? Remember when Trump was pressing there? Like, of course the CDC agrees with Trump because the CDC is owned by Trump. Uh, uh. It's the same thing you hear now when uh, it's like, uh, yeah, you know, just touch on this one more time. When you hear the January, when you're like, yeah, you know, the FBI says January 6th was not pre planned in any capacity. Oh, of course, the Trump FBI said that. No, 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 that's the Biden FBI that says that. Well, it's the same people. But when the FBI arrests somebody or charges somebody on on the right side, the left's like, woo, faith restored for this you know minute in time. I hate that shit. It's always like, oh, the electoral college is corrupt. We didn't get the president we wanted. The next election comes, the electoral college votes in favor of the guy they wanted to win. Oh, electoral college has redeemed itself, and we're happy to the next election, maybe. Hate that shit. Hate that shit. You wanna know why we get corrupt 
people running and running these organizations, running our countries, running these platforms, running these media apparatuses. It's because of these weak, feckless fucking pussies who live in our society that don't do fuck all or call anything out and or the ones that don't actively take a stand and do anything. And you know what? Fuck you. Some people call me like, oh, you're just an asshole who just sits there and talks shit on his computer. I go to these events, man. I film them. I documented this shit, dude. I've been on the ground for a couple of years. This podcast is fairly new for me getting media endeavored wise. But I'm on the ground. I film these things. What are you doing? Sitting at home, listening to a podcast, nodding along to me, calling out people? What good does that do for anybody? Me and you already agree. You come back and you listen to this show because me and you agree. But what are you doing to help those around you who need to be shaken awake? I don't mean physically shake them awake. I don't mean harass them. Just simply, are you looking at the people around you being like, Hey, have you seen the show with Joe Rogan? Because there's a lot of people who don't know. People are like, who's Robert Malone? Oh, Joe Rogan on Spotify? Yeah. I heard something about him online. What's going on with Joe Rogan? These people exist. These are the swing voters. The people who hate Joe Rogan are the people who want, you know, they, they hate most things that make normal America happy. However, swing voters and independent people are the ones who don't know what's going on, and they're the ones who make the deciding vote between the two factions of this. They're not political parties. They're factions. I'm going to call them factions until they redeem themselves and are cease to exist. God, let it be the fucking letter. But these are the people you got to talk to. Not these assholes on Twitter who are loud and belligerent. Not these washed up fucking singers. No, talk to your friends. Talk to your families. There are people around you who you're like, oh, God, what if they find out I, I believe this? What if I think this? Maybe they think that and they're not telling you. I remember when I worked at this restaurant, I uh, joked about this at the time because I was doing the podcast when I worked at this restaurant. I said I got MAGA confessionals because I wore like Trump bracelet, like, you know, like the rubber snap ones. I'd wear those and then, you know, I take my coat on my backpack and I'd have like a Make America Great, Great Again pin on it or something. Or, uh, you know, my, my Facebook had all sorts of pro-Trump stuff on it. And a lot of coworkers gave me some shit for it. Coworkers who I was on good terms with, like up until like 2018, 2019. Then other coworkers were like, "Hey man, I uh, I like that post. That was funny." They never liked it. They never upvoted it. But they would be like, "I was, I, I like that meme. That was funny." Or, they, or they'd like send it to me in chat and be like, "Good shit." But they wouldn't like it. And I'd ask them, "Why don't you go leave a like on it?" Oh, I page refreshed various little excuses like that or they just be like i didn't want people to see it happens these people exist man there are people who are normal americans who are scared to speak out and scared to find out if their friends around them agree with them and it's sad man but that's the culture war and the way you fight back against the culture war on your level is not to apologize it's not to hide it's not to to obscure yourself it's to reach out and be like hey i believe these things it's okay that you don't. We can discuss, and you know what? We don't even have to try to change each other's mind, but as long as we just hear each other out, as long as we just, as two Americans, discuss what we think will make this country great, what we think will make this country better, what we think will make this country better for our descendants. We may not agree on what the steps are, but we may agree on what we want the outcome to be, a better tomorrow for our kids. 
and you will not get that apologizing. The culture war will never end with apologizing. It will end with people discussing. It will end with people talking. It will end with the kind of conversations that are at risk if Joe Rogan keeps apologizing. He had Robert Malone on. Peter A. McCullough. These people are pivotal. Pardon me. Pivotal people in the COVID and the COVID response conversation that have been silenced across the board. We went on Joe Rogan, and now people are brave enough to have them on. People who would not have had them on a year ago are trying to get him on now. Same thing with Robert Kennedy. People weren't going to have Robert Kennedy on shit. Viva from Robert Barnes. Robert Kennedy comes on, on to their show. They proceed to have, and there's like two uploads for this. The one, uh, the oldest one labeled Robert Kennedy. He doesn't actually show up for that one. I had to cancel. Again, the guy's got Parkinson's. But there's a second one, the newer one. That's the one he actually shows up on. Now, other people started being like, oh, Robert Kennedy, come on, on to the show. It just takes that one person. You know, the emperor has no clothes. That story where the where everyone's like, oh yeah, the emperor's clothes are great. Look at how immaculate it is. And, and, the, and the emperor's naked. He's just walking around like, look at my gowns. Look at my coat. Look at my pants. Look at my boxers. Isn't they pretty? There's no boxers. There's nothing. And the whole crowd's like, yeah, it's great. Woohoo. And one kid's like, the emperor's naked. And the crowd's like, yeah, I, well, yeah, I guess he is, isn't he? Yeah, he is naked. And then the crowd starts talking to one another. Yeah, the fucking emperor's naked. Dude, you're naked. And the whole crowd starts telling the emperor he's naked. And the emperor gets embarrassed and runs into his palace. It just takes people brave enough to have these conversations once. It just takes people brave enough to use words that people are scared to use. It just takes one person willing to stand up in the crowd and say, you're wrong. To uh, Marvel fans, remember uh, the first move at Loki where the one man stands up? And this is more of the tragic outlook on this. The one man stands up and goes, I will not kneel to you. You're not my god. You're not my leader. Loki does compliment him. If I remember correctly, Loki does kill him, but that clip spreads. To use a quote, I alone may not be able to stop a tyrant, but my actions may cast a stone across the lake that may cause many ripples in its wake. Guy Fox. It's a rough quote. But where are we? Where are you? What are you doing to help take back this country what are you doing in your personal life and i'm not saying do not do not donate to gops find a way to donate exclusively to a candidate maybe buy some merch from their shop don't donate to PACs. do not donate to super groups do not donate to private interests or anyone like that if you got a candidate you want to see in office, I don't care what side they're on. You go to their fucking website and you buy a fucking pencil, a fucking hat, a fucking shirt, something. You put the money into the campaign, not into any of these shady fucking groups. Not into any special interests or lobbies. Let those things crumble as well. Support the causes you want. The only way you'll see the change in this country is if we fight back. Make a podcast. 
Be opinionated. Yell into a microphone like a fucking madman. Go to these events. Film them. But for the love of God, whatever you do, do not apologize if you have nothing to apologize for. Do not say you're sorry. Do not sit back and whimper. Do not go quietly into the night. Go die on your feet and not on your fucking knees. What would your ancestors say? What would the ancestors of all these Americans around us say, looking at their descendants and where they are right now? What would they say looking at this country? I have grandparents who fought Nazis in World War II. I am grateful they are gone. So they don't see the country that they fought for, force mandates on people. Because they fought a government where mandates on medical practices were where it started. You want to know how you're dealing with an actual semi-Naziistic? I'm purposely butchering that for algorithm purposes. Do you want to know how you know you're dealing with that? Kind of like man the high castle, nazi shit. It's because when someone like Gina Carano shares a little picture on Twitter. And I don't have it on me, of course, but it just said something along the lines of do not attack your neighbor for what they believe. That's how the Nazis started. She did not say, do not attack Republicans, do not attack anyone. She just said, do not attack your neighbors for what they believe. Again, that's a paraphrase. And then article after article after article after article after article after activist after activist after nameless fucking Twitter account after Twitter account came out and said, she said Republicans are like Jews before the Holocaust. No, she didn't. But she got fired from Disney. Disney destroyed her contract. Threw her out into the winds. Ben Shapiro snatched her up. She's now directing, writing, and acting in films. Stand up for yourself. It may get dark, but dark is before the dawn. You may lose people, but you'll gain allies that you know you can trust. You'll gain friends. And you'll see in time that you are most likely... The majority, not the minority. Quit apologizing. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny, and you cannot apologize your way into forgiveness. You speak with your actions. Your actions back up the promises which are hollow when your mouth makes those promises. It is your actions that give them substance. So if you just say sorry over and over, it loses value. If you just say sorry for the mob to leave you alone, they will never leave you alone because it will never be enough because there was never any substance to your apology because they are insane, demanding insane apologies from you and those you love and support. Be it friends, families, content creators, political figures, YouTubers, podcasters, anyone that you support or like what they say. If you have nothing to apologize, do not apologize. Stand your ground and say, I see where you're coming from, but I disagree. This is where I'm coming from, what I believe. And if they get mad and irate and blow up on you, that is them showing who they are are that is not you that is them they are a poison
Not to other someone else. But in a conversation where you say, I believe X, and they say, no, Y is clearly correct, and you are stupid for that. Say, fuck off. And move on with your life. They were never worth the time to begin with. Because they'll throw you away for something as small as a political difference. Then good riddance. But apologizing, you draw us away. I know people who listen to get back to Joe Rogan. I know people. I just realized I'm putting on my fucking minister pants. What the fuck am I doing right now? So Joe Rogan, when he switched to YouTube, or switched from YouTube to Spotify, there's a lot of people who said, well, that's it. I am done with Joe Rogan. Then he had Robert Malone on. He had Jordan Peterson on. He had Alex Jones on one time on Spotify to address the unbrought over episodes. He had on Sanjay Gupta. People who did not like Joe Rogan after he switched to Spotify downloaded Spotify, made an account to listen to Joe Rogan talk to these people and have these conversations that could not be had anywhere else. And now Joe Rogan went and deleted those. And the same people who just made their accounts are deleting them. Stock prices show it. Go ahead. If you trade stock, I use Weeble. Look it up. Spotify is a private company, but you can read news articles on uh, on its users. Uh, most stock trading apps are a good news aggregator. Or you can just Google news stories about it. Yeah, Spotify is losing members. Spotify was doing really bad before they got this exclusive deal with Joe Rogan. Really bad. Rumble. A platform I use and shout out very often, Rumble, said that they will pay even more to have Joe Rogan on. Rumble, their only guideline, I believe, is like Gab. It's the First Amendment. But Joe Rogan is still apologizing. He's still surrendering battleground, little by little by little, until he flees the battleground itself. It's easy for me to talk shit. I'm very small. Everything right now is punching up. There, there, there is no getting around that fact. But if I was in Joe Rogan's position, I'd push back. Because if they break that contract, they owe me so much money that they would, they would be a serious damaging blow for them. Financially speaking. I would look them in the eyes. I would stare down Spotify as I sent out an invitation to everyone. And I mean everyone. I would open the boundaries to who could be on my show. I know there's a brand, but when you're at the forefront of the free speech movement and the populist movement, Joe Rogan never intended to power, and that's something you have to keep in mind, though. Joe Rogan didn't anticipate the podcast becoming what it did. Joe Rogan didn't ask for any of this, so the fact that he isn't fighting for any of this should not necessarily be held super against him. It should not necessarily have been super expected. As he has said on so many occasions, to reiterate, this show became bigger than I ever thought it could have been. Fair. He got fame that he did not ask for, but he was a large figure when he started this show. There was some level of expectancy he should have had to this. 
have people on who are far right, far left, crazy extremists. Have on like KKK members, Antifa, Proud Boys, uh, MAGA Mimas, fucking store clerk owners have on people that the american people want to hear because we don't want to just hear nameless professionals tell us their credentials for the first 10 minutes and then proceed to have this long form four-hour conversation where you miss so much important shit if you jump around and or only watch the highlight reel so you have to sit there and actually listen to it and i get it it's important to have these conversations but joe rogan should have on everybody I know that can be cluttered. You got to pick and choose who you have on, of course. I'm not saying just have it on willy-nilly, but have on the occasional Walmart fucking manager. Have on the fucking Taco Bell night shift supervisor. Have on a a warehouse manager. Have on a guy that owns a a small family business that, you know, it's like local only. Maybe supplies to a couple counties, been in the family for like 10, a couple gen- yeah, a handful of generations maybe. Get the everyday folks we walk by. Have them talk about what's bothering them. See where they're at. Meet them there. And then when it comes to bigger, more famous individuals, push back. Have on Alex Jones. Have on Milo. Have on Gavin McGinnis. Have on Andy No. Have on Jack Dorsey. Have on everybody and anybody who could start a problem. Have on problematic combinations if you want. Have like uh, uh, what, what's the uh, MGTOW, have on like MGTOW people and feminazis on at the same time to have that debate. With the size and the scope that Joe Rogan has with this kind of power, he could facilitate conversations that people did not realize that they would need to hear. Have on, um, have on, a, a, like a CEO of a company talk to some guy who's a manager at like a lower level company or lower level location. That this guy is like, have on like the CEO of a uh, of of Speedway on. Just random thought. Have the CEO of Speedway on to talk to a random uh, attendant who works there. Have them talk to one another. You can't say people wouldn't watch it. Undercover Boss was a huge success. There's a market for it. You do numbers. But when you can literally bring on governors, senators, and congressmen like Joe Rogan has, and regular folks at the same time, you could have politicians talking face-to-face for hour on end to a normal citizen. Make them see the eyes of the people that they vote on policies for. Have them see the eyes of the people whose choices are affected by how they vote. Don't just have on mainstream voices. Don't surrender the battleground. I cannot understand why the fuck Joe Rogan's doing what he's doing. But I guess that's kind of my immediate thoughts on this. Uh, I'm going to do a deep dive into Spotify versus Joe Rogan. I've been, I've sat down and recorded a few times. It's just every day there's something new to this. It's like the Afghanistan debacle. Every day something new happened, and then you know I surrendered my entire two to three uploads for that entire week, two three week span to just covering my entire August of 2021. It's pretty much just Afghanistan. Ten little five minute uploads. Twenty. 20 minute uploads even a couple hour uploads and i don't mean like a couple of one hour uploads i mean a couple of hour uploads hmm it's 
kind of funny now because I'm so behind, but you can tell from microphone quality, I'm still not at home. Nope, been traveling. I've been away from, from the full setup that I usually record with, like, the Yeti microphone and everything. Been away, been busy. Uh, that being said, the fire just went out. I'm gonna uh, end this here. Thanks for listening to this Let's Chat episode. There should be another episode or two today. I'll uh, talk to you guys later. Peace.